Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So today on the radio show, from the VMAC, Ian Furness hosted his program, his award-winning program. Had a chance to catch up with the brand-new head coach of the Seahawks, Mike McDonald, today, sitting down with Ian Furness from the VMAC. Mike McDonald, welcome to Seattle. How are you? Uh, thanks. I'm great. I'm great. This has been a pretty exciting day, to say the least, so happy to be here. Has it been just a whirlwind for the last three days? The playoffs end for you guys on Sunday. Next thing you know, there's a charter plane flying out there to meet you a couple days later. Yep. 24 hours later, you're here, and all of a sudden now you're the head coach of the Seahawks. What, what have the last few days been like? It's been a whirlwind. I mean, it's uh, it definitely is a fast process, you know, going through this thing, but uh, wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, this is where we want to be. There, we, we talked about it in the press conference. Um, we prayed for clarity in this situation, and I think it, I think it, it it showed up. And this is uh, this is where we're supposed to be. I'll get to Seahawks and the NFL in a moment. One of the things that I'm fascinated by is the story that you have had to get into the, the, this coaching world and profession. You have to have a passion to do so. The hours, all those things. But you didn't do it a conventional way. You didn't play college football. You didn't play in the NFL. Right. What drove you, and what inspired you? Why did you want to get into this crazy world? Well, I, I always had a, a kind of uh, affinity for the X's and O's and the tendencies behind it as a kid growing up. My dad would film the, you know, our games when I was in JV and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, when I had the opportunity to coach in high school football, uh, it really changed my mentality. I had this preconceived notion that it, you know coaching was about uh, guessing the play and being in the right, you know, being the right X and O or whatever, whatever scheme you're, you're trying to achieve. But uh, what I learned there is there's such a power in, in um, connecting with your player and and see them go from a to b and and seeing the look in their eye when they feel like they can do something they hadn't done and then as you're building a team um it's just a special thing to be part of a football team it's just uh or any team for that matter and uh it's such a it's such a contagious thing and you know i think it's a powerful thing as well what was the biggest thing you took away from the years as a high school coach like because you're not getting paid, yeah. <laughs> not we're not getting paid now. Uh, you're not getting paid. You're doing it because of that. The relationships, I assume. Right. What I learned from it is just you have to be consistent. I mean, in order to develop relationships, you got to show up every day. You got to bring it. Um, and uh, and if you don't do that, and if and your intentions aren't in the right spot, then you know anything you say is just you know you're not going to be heard, and uh, you're fighting an uphill battle. When uh, the news conference was, you're talking through the news conference about a number of different things. The thing that jumped out at me was the parallels between the two organizations. Yeah. Can you go into depth a little bit about that? Because John has joked about on draft day, calls and texts going back and <laughs> right. forth. You guys are looking at the same players. Right. And out here in Seattle, we've always looked at this draft. The way John and, and Pete at the time, but certainly John and his staff have always done things, have always felt a little, I'd say, different. Like they're, they take, I don't know if they take chances, but there's never a mock draft that has Seattle. And I think Baltimore is the same way. But it must go past just the drafting. What What are the other parallels? Well, you think about people always ask you like, what culture is? Well, it's really just people, right? And and who and who's who is the culture? If that makes sense. And uh, I think that both buildings are filled with with great people of of high character, high integrity, people that want to do it the right way. Um, I think I think there's uh, 
and a spirit of innovation in both buildings of trying to trying to push the envelope of um, you know talk about the draft in Baltimore and things like that. But I, I sense that with John, that's really that's really um, appealing to me. Is that we want to push the envelope and, and how we do things and think outside the box and uh, be able to attack that way. What is it about John Schneider that jumps out at you? Like what? I mean, he, he's obviously thought of as one of the highest or one of the better GMs in the league. Great yeah. reputation. You watched him from afar, but what jumps out at you when you first sat down and met with him? Man, it's uh, it was just a feeling I had. It was just this is it feels like we're aligned, mm-hmm. and uh, he's an incredible communicator. He's got a great sense of humor, um, and I think he just really cares about this organization and ha- and and the legacy of how of how we're going to build it. And he's, I think he's really proud of the things that he's been able to build. And uh, I feel like that it's an awesome opportunity. And I feel like my skill set and I'm good at you know kind of taking it to the next level as well. Uh, the ninth head coach in Seahawks history, Mike McDonald, with us here on ninety three point three KJRFM. There was a collaboration before with Pete and John. Pete, I guess, had the final word. It's a little different now with the head coach and the GM relationship. But how much in terms of player personnel decisions and collaboration draft-wise, but even right now you've got free agency coming up, cap casualties perhaps coming up, all those things. Sure, I'm sure you talked about with that with John. How much input will the head coach have with John and his staff? Yeah, the final say to me is not important, but it's the relationship and the communication structure and, and, and how we go about our business. But we're going to be a tag team, man. So it's going to be a partnership. That's what we've done for the last 24 hours since this thing got official, and uh, that's how we're going to operate. And it's built on respect, and we'll, we'll be aligned in how we want to operate and uh, who's who's going to be you know coming into the building and being part of our organization. Uh, Mike Holmgren, who's in the Ring of Honor here, yeah. the, the former Seahawk coach, uh, was on with us yesterday. He does stuff with us every week, and he's he said going through the process when he went to Green Bay, coming as a coordinator from San Francisco, going to Green Bay, he had for the previous two or three years put together a list of who he'd want on his staff. And he had that list, and he had conversations with guys. I'm assuming you had one of those lists. You've had that, those conversations. Do you have a list? And, and how close would you to be having your staff put together? Um, we do have a list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you have to be paying attention to the great coaches that you come across and um, because it's such an important thing to have on your staff. Um, and I can't tell you when the staff's going to be done. I, I know we're going all in on it. That's priority number one. And uh, so we're going through that process, and there are certain processes you have to abide by, and it does take time, and certain, um, and we want to do it the right way, mm-hmm. and so we want to do our homework, we want to do our due diligence. Um, sometimes that comes at the expense of maybe losing a guy or two, but I think that's a, a worthy risk to take. You know, make sure you get the right people. The the roster that you saw, and John talked about walking off the field in Baltimore. It was 151 yards of offense. One third down conversion that was on the offensive side you coached against. Mm-hmm. You're you're a defensive guy as well. Just overall, what jumps out at you about this roster that's that you're inheriting right now from Pete? Well, there's a lot. There is a, there is a lot of good players that are under contract coming back that uh, we have really good, highly high opinions of from our from our my former organization in Baltimore, um, and we're young, so it's a great foundation to build off of, and uh, and. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of players on here that I've either evaluated or that I've seen on crossover tape, and, and I, have a, I have a very high deal of respect for. The glass half full, glass half empty question in terms of the roster and where they're at. Glass half full. They they beat Detroit. The Seahawks team beat Detroit, a team that was just a whisker away from going to the Super Bowl. Uh, glass half empty. They got blown out by Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Fans are sitting there thinking, "Are we close? Where are we at?" I mean, this has been 
even on the, a bad Pete Carroll year is nine and eight, right? So it's like they're not. That's a bad year for this franchise. But how close are they to being in that upper echelon of maybe the toughest division, certainly in the NFC and maybe in the NFL? Yeah, I think. I mean, we expect to compete every time we step on the field. We're always going to expect to win the game. I mean, I don't care who we're lining up with. I mean, you have to you have to have that belief. But we're gonna we're gonna evaluate the guys that we have. And we're gonna develop the heck out of them. And uh, we're going to be aligned, and we're going to be ready to roll, you know, come game day. But that's a, that's a long process of where we are. But the the expectation is we're going to be ready to compete right now. What do you think of Geno Smith as a quarterback? <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Geno. I, I don't know him personally. I've gone against him a couple times. Um, I think he's incredibly cerebral. I think he's very accurate. He's got great arm talent. Um, what I respect him on probably the most is the respect that he commands from his teammates. And uh, you can just tell off the tape. You know that that uh, that the guys believe in him, and uh, looking forward to meeting them. I got two more quick ones for you. One would be, you mentioned your your sister lived here for a while. Yeah. Uh, what were her impressions of Seattle? What are your impressions of Seattle? Also, uh, her husband Chris was born in Renton and grew up here, okay. and then uh, when they moved, they moved up from L.A. into Ballard and lived there for for a while, and they moved into Kirkland. So I I visit them several times. I've been in the city several times, and uh, it's not like moving to Michigan. I never set foot in, in that state, <laughs> but I, I'm very familiar with the city, and I've always enjoyed coming to coming to uh, coming to visit. We've, we've gone to a couple soccer games, but never never a, a fan at a uh, Lumen for a football game. Uh, you'll be in for a treat when you get to that. Family is really important to you. Absolutely. You mentioned your mom and dad. Everyone does that. Not everyone mentions their siblings. <laughs> why why is it that your two older sisters mean so much? Um, I just. Uh, I just have such an incredible level of respect for the people that they are. Um, you know, they they have the courage to kind of chase their dreams either through the family and or their or, or their professional career. And uh, they've always had my back, and they've always been supportive, and they've always pushed the heck out of me when we were kids. But um, I just, I mean, it's just a, it's a personal thing. It just it's you know those are your siblings, those are the people you look up to, and. And uh, I've always felt like they were—they had my support, or they supported me, and they had my back. That translates though to the locker room, doesn't it? That type of feeling, that that family feel. Absolutely. I think like you can't you can't fake that stuff. The players know, but I, it's so important because those are the guys that are laying on the line. So we're going to have our players' backs, and we're going to support them and give them everything they need to, to go be successful. The new style in the world is the hoodie with the sport jacket. I like. This it. is a first for me. Oh, it is. This, so. Wait I've, a second. So I brought. So I, full disclosure, I brought all stuff for an interview. Ah. And then I show up. I'm like, ah, it's kind of more casual. And then John was like, hey, it's casual. And then so he shows up and he's got a button down, and I got the hoodie on. And I'm like, this is not. This is not a. Maybe we got to improve on our communication. Your here. wife help you with that? No, I didn't actually. Oh wait, Dave Pearson did. Dave initially v- VP of communication. Dave initially said no, and then I kind of said, I don't think I'm gonna go for it. Dave tells me how my, about my appearance all the time, and it's never positive. So <laughs> it really isn't. But that's you know that's I've kind of come to learn when, live with it along the way. Yeah, it looks good. Good. It's a good look. I'm going to go with that next year for post game shows. Dave, yes, no, sure, fair enough. All right, I will confirm. By the way, Dave Pearson's take on Ian Furness's wardrobe normally comes across as a major slob, to be honest with you. So I don't blame Dave at all for that take. Number two, you know what struck me about that dude, and I've heard it again two or three times. Nine coaches in franchise history. And I kind of got thinking to looking it up. Atlanta's had 16 in that same span. The Browns have had 19. No, the Niners have had 14. The Cardinals have had 16. And they've had nine coaches.
coaches. I think Pittsburgh's had three in that span, right? Well, and two of the nine really were interim. Right. But I, Mike McCormick I'm, and Jim Moore. Correct. And I'm counting, well, Moore was there for a year and got fired. I mean, McCormick, whatever. But I, I'm just counting all coaches, period, whatever. But that's incredible to have nine coaches in franchise history, man. I mean, there, there's a lot of stability out here. Yes. And if everything goes to par for the franchise, then this guy will be here for eight or nine years, too. Eight or nine. If not more. How about eight or 18 or 19? Well, he's not going to be here for 18 years. Where's he going to go uh, if he's successful? Maybe he goes back to coach the Patriots where he grew up in Boston. I don't know. I mean, dude, Pete Carroll was here for 14 seasons. Right. That's the longest run in Seahawks history. You're telling me this guy's going to eclipse that? He might. Maybe he's on that way to doing that. Well, maybe I'm he just, falls in love with the town. Well, but I just think to, 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 to expect the guy to uh, eclipse Pete Carroll's run uh, and be here for 15 years, that's a pretty big expectation. I understand that, but look at his age, and if he's successful, yeah. the Seahawks ownership isn't going to let him go. Well, who's the Seahawks owner, right? I mean, yeah, you'd think they're not going to want to let him go, but does he want to be here for 20 years? I mean, Dick, you got to admit, a guy being here for 18 years, I mean, nobody does that in the NFL. Right, but I Who does that in the NFL? Well, who goes – Who? what successful coach – just leaves an NFL team without being fired and goes to another NFL team. It uh, hardly well, ever happens. Yeah, okay, but most of them get fired and then go to another NFL sure. team. Sure, and maybe there's going to be a dip down the road where he goes 7-10 and 10 for a couple years in a row and just decides it's time to walk away. I don't know, dude. I'm just telling you, to expect that he's going to be here for 18 seasons, I mean, nobody does that in the I'm NFL. Just, I'm just saying. That's crazy. I'm, I'm just saying the successful, stable franchises yes. in the NFL. Yes. Seattle. Yes. Pittsburgh. Right. Baltimore. Right. The guys don't leave because no, they're sure. always good. Right. But And Mike Holmgren was here for, what, 10 seasons? Pete Carroll was here for 14 seasons. So And then they got fired. If he can be here for that kind of run, if he can give us a 10-year run, to me, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's amazing. So I'm not expecting 20 years out of a guy. I mean, that's whatever. What the, what the Steelers have done with three coaches going back to Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and now Mike Tomlin is nuts. What the Patriots did with Bill Belichick is nuts. The Seahawks with Pete Carroll. That just doesn't happen anymore in the NFL. And I have no idea what this guy's long-term term goals are look i love what he said yesterday when he walked into the vmac and he said we plan on being here for a very long time that's great i don't look at this guy as a nomad right right? he was with the ravens for a long long time he left for one year to go work with jim as a dc and went right back to john harbaugh in baltimore so i'm expecting and i'm hoping that this guy gives us a hell of a run a long run Whatever that looks like, and from and hey, I love the fact that he's uh you know he's confident enough in himself and said you know what I'm gonna go with the hoodie even right. though Dave Pearson tells me not I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the hoodie yeah. but I'm just I'll do what I, I want to do I'd have to go back and take a look at the list but I'm trying to think of a coach that stepped down from an NFL head job mm-hmm. and took another NFL head job the next year. Well, it also depends on what he wants to do because Mike Holmgren left Green Bay to become a GM, right? right. So does this guy have a desire? It would have to be something We're like that. We're getting way ahead of ourselves yes. now. But does this guy have a desire at some point in time after he wins a title or does this or does that? Does he have a desire to be able to call his own shot? Right. And we've seen that. We saw that from Mike Holmgren. We saw that from Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh knew he could call any shot he wanted to after everything he's done. And he chose to go to L.A. So what are his goals? What are his long-term kind of you know things that he wants to accomplish? Does he want to be a GM? Does he want to stay a head coach? Does he want to you know cook the shop for the groceries and make the dinner, right, like Bill Parcells talked right. about? So I think there's a real good chance that this guy's here for a long time. 
I think in today's day and age in the NFL, if he can give us, you know, 10 years or even eight or nine years, that to me is a hell of a run. But I, I expect these guys to be good right away with him. Well, I think I don't think there's going to be any 5-12 and 12 type run coming with this guy. No, Do you? I, I don't either. And, the, well, the roster's too good. Mm-hmm. I mean, even a, a mediocre coach could get this roster to 9-8. and eight. You know, if we all think Pete Carroll this past year did a mediocre job, which right. I think we all did, right. they went nine and eight. Right. So that's how good the that's how good the roster is. But it's refreshing, though, to have a coaching situation where you know he's going to be here for a long time. Because in college football, that's done. Sure. I don't care sure. what school you like, Cougars, right. Huskies, Crimson Tide. That era is done where you're getting yeah. a guy for a long period of time well and part of it is because it's a lot easier to coach in the nfl than it is in college football these days i mean look at what all these look at the guy from boston college did he not leave a head coach job to be the uh, coordinator for the yes, packers he did is that right and guys are saying that all this nil crap that you have to deal he with says, i don't even get to coach anymore that's, it's stupid right so yes i mean i and i've said that for years it's so much easier there's so much less nonsense you have to deal with the nfl everybody wants to get to the nfl which is why a guy like a ryan grubb might be ready to say no to Alabama and yes to the Seahawks. I mean, his name's on the list, right? Let's come yes. back and talk about that. Rob Rank's going to join us. He's been keeping track of the Senior Bowl. What does he make of that idea of Ryan Grubb being the offensive coordinator for Mike McDonald? That's not just us throwing that out there. That's being reported now by a lot of people that Ryan Grubb is on the short list to become the offensive coordinator for Mike McDonald in Seattle. We'll get to Rob Rank next on 93.3 KJRF. This is your home for the Huskies, the Kraken, the NHL playoffs, and Super Bowl 58. Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. Now back to Softy and Dick. All right, we're going to check the text line, baby, at uh, 49451. Coming up 545 on the show, Softy, Dick Jackson, hanging out till 7 o'clock tonight. Joining us right now on the show... NFL draft analyst scout for the BC Lions and one damn fine American, baby. It's our friend Robbie <laughs> Rang. Rob, how are you, pal? What's going on? Everybody drooling over number nine. Uh, is he kind of stealing the show down there in Mobile, you think, a little bit? I think he is. But I think he's been doing that, you know, of course, all season long. I and mean, we, of course, had front row seats to what all of his success there at Montlake, where I think that he just showed that when he feels comfortable in the pocket, then uh, he is the most accurate quarterback from the pocket in all of college football. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's the accuracy speaks for itself, Softy. I mean, it really does. I mean, just, you, you see, the it's not, it's not just the ball placement. It's the fact that he is putting passes where they need to be on throws that are 30, 40 yards downfield, sometimes on outbreaking routes, sometimes on just pure vertical routes, sometimes on in-breaking routes. You can throw throw the ball with touch. Uh, Really, when he feels protected, is again, Husky fans know he was slinging those arrows all year long, and he is just doing the same thing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Mobile this week as well. Then why are we seeing mocks with non-passers like J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix going higher than Michael Penix? 
you know the answer to that question, Dick. It's the fact that he had four years where he went down with injuries. Now, of course, those were all at the University of Indiana and not the last couple of seasons at Washington, fortunately. But when it comes down to the NFL draft, of course, they're gonna. it's not going to be just about what these players did on the field, whether it be in the Pac-12 or whether it be there in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. It's going to be what the doctors say they see in Indianapolis at the yeah. NFL Scouting Combine. And so the, the, the two times, uh, you know, ACL recoveries on that right knee, the, the shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder, um, also had an injury to his other shoulder. I mean, that's scary stuff. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times that, uh, that when you saw Michael Penix decide to run, which, of course, wasn't that often for the Huskies, you know, I, I kind of held my breath, like, just get down, make sure you get back up, because he, he does kind of have a slim frame to him, especially in his lower body. He's got kind of narrow legs, and I, I think that the teams are, are going to be concerned about that. I, I've had him as a second-round pick this entire process. I mean, literally since August hmm. of this season, everybody has kind of moved their, moved his stock up and down and all around. I, I just tried to be kind of cautiously optimistic. I, there's no doubt that if you protect him, then he can be a first-round caliber quarterback. I think that he can be a stud starter in the NFL. But when the pressure starts to get in his face a little bit, when he gets hit a few times, and obviously there's going to be a lot of people who are going to point out the, the national championship game. I mean some of the other games as well. He yeah. gets a little bit of pressure in his face. The ball does start to, to fly on him a little bit. Okay, i got to be honest with you. I'm starting to get pissed off here, to be honest with you. Okay? <laughs> Because you're pushing buttons now, man, and you're, I, I know you're pushing them on purpose. All right, you're 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 fr- you're freaking poking the bear. Did you watch the Texas game? Did you see what he did against Sweat and Murphy? Are you kidding me, Rob? You saw that game. He looked like the Matrix. And we're concerned about Michael Penix being able to get away from pressure. What the hell is everybody talking about? And by the way, how many games in a row does this guy need to play? Before people stop talking about what happened three years ago, because it's more than 28, by the way. <laughs> That's an excellent point. I think you're all fired up after the Andy Reid conversation a little bit earlier. I don't, I don't know what it, <laughs> what it might be going on there. But, no, uh, it, it, I, again, the, the Sugar Bowl was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was as good of a performance as I've seen at the college level from any quarterback. I don't care if it's Joe Burrow. I don't care if we go back to Carson Palmer. I mean, it was unbelievable performance. At the same time, unfortunately, it was not the last game of his college career. And so it, as good as Penix was, uh, you know, against Texas, as good as he was when the when it looked like the chips were down in so many different games this season. You know, I, I saw you myself, Softy, at the uh, UW-Oregon game, of course. And, and the, the throw that he made uh, to Roma Dunze to win that game in overtime, it just, it just showed the poise. It's not just the accuracy, it's the poise. It's, it's making that throw when it actually counts the most. But at the same time, again, the durability factor is legitimate. The, the, the struggles when he has to move his feet is very much a concern. I mean, Dick mentioned before, like, guys that have a little bit more mobility, like a J.J. McCarthy, aren't as accurate in the pocket. 
I understand that the, those concerns as well. I myself have J.J. McCarthy currently ahead of uh, Michael Penix Jr. And the reason why is because talking about a younger player, a more athletic player, a guy that just frankly fits into today's modern era of NFL quarterbacks. So they want these dual threat guys. So, again, I, I think that Michael Penix can be an absolute superstar in the NFL. I do have some reservations about the, 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 the durability um, you know, but at the same time, again, if you put him into the right system, if he gets protected uh, the way that C.J. Stroud, frankly, was the Houston mm-hmm. Texans, then I think that he could come in and, and absolutely uh, set the NFL on fire as a rookie. All right. What about one of those guys that uh, protected him all year long and is down at the Senior Bowl? We affectionately refer to him as Dr. Rosenhosen. <laughs> that would be uh, Roger Rosengarten. How's he looking? He's looking good, uh, and that's the thing is, again, just like uh, Penix, he, he looked great basically the entire season, and then in the national championship game, obviously he had a couple of snaps that everybody is focusing in on, unfortunately, where he, he got beat. These things are going to happen, but the balance um, is very good. I have some concerns about whether he's going to be able to remain at the right tackle position, of course, where he starred for Washington this past season. 33-inch arms for a guy who came in at, at 6'6", 315 pounds. It's a little bit shorter arms than is ideal at right tackle. I think you can get away with it if you are going to uh, you know, move him inside the guard position. I think he has the physicality, he has the balance, he has the toughness to be able to handle that. Um, he has done very well in uh, the senior bowl practices and i think that he's we're talking about a guy who's going to be a top 100 selection i think that he is going to be in that second to third round mix but guys i gotta tell you I've, i've been doing this for 20 years now and this is one of the absolute best offensive line classes I've ever seen. And it certainly was very strong in the Pac-12 this year. Um, I don't think that he's going to be the first-round pick that the statistics say that he should be. But uh, I do think, again, that we're talking about a top 100 player. And Troy Fosano, while he did not play at the Senior Bowl this week, pulled out just because, frankly, he's just that good. Um, That's the offensive lineman for the Huskies I think we need to be focusing in on. Um, You know, there's only been one. Uh, you know, Caleb McGarry, a couple of years back, that has been a first-round selection out of the University of Washington the last 30 years. The last one before Caleb McGarry was Lincoln Kennedy. And that's the thing. is Troy Polutani was absolutely slam-dunk a first-round selection. Again, same thing. Whether it's going to be a tackle or guard remains to be seen. He's got a little bit shorter arms as well. But standing next to him at the Morris Trophy Award here just a couple of weeks ago, guys, I mean, the guy is a rock. There are not many people who are 315 pounds like him and have, like, basically a six-pack. I mean, the guy is just a – if there's an ounce of fat on him, I don't know where it's at. I mean, because he is just built like an absolute brick. And, again, that is the kind of physicality, balance, uh, pass protection, and run blocking the NFL teams are looking for in a first-round pick. Yeah, he's a phenomenal guy, too, as you know. Rob Rang with us. How about Braylon Trice? Uh, does he strike you as a first-rounder? You know, I think he's going to be right at the end. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be in the, in the first round. Uh, we, we saw a – he's been often compared to Joe Tryon Shrenko, and I, I don't know that they're the same player. I think that, that, that Tryon Shrenko is a little bit more of a pass rusher, um, a little bit better burst initially, a little bit better bend, where Trice really impresses me. Uh, again, is the physicality, um, kind of like I mentioned with Troy Fotanu. I mean, it's not an ounce of fat on him. I mean, the thighs 
on uh, Braylon Trice. I mean, he looks like a, you know, almost like a running back and just how thick his thighs are. It really gives him excellent power at the point of attack um, and then uses his hands really well. He's a, he's a better pass rusher than the, the lack of sacks over the course of the season would suggest. I think he was one of the most productive guys in all of the country when it came to quarterback pressures, quarterback hits, and we saw him absolutely take over. I'm talking about Michael Penix in, in the, uh, the Sugar Bowl. I mean, what about what, uh, what Braylon Trice was able to do in the Pac-12 championship game and, again, in the Sugar Bowl as well? Absolutely spectacular. I don't know that he actually makes the first round, but I do think that he is in that top 50 to top 75 conversation. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Frankly, I think that the Seahawks, I think he fits in beautifully uh, with what Mike McDonald might be looking for, considering the type of size and physicality, of course, that he has the Baltimore Ravens. How about Eddie Olfoscio? How's he look this week, and where do you see him slotting in the draft? You know, I, I think he's more of a middle-round pick, and, and he is a guy that I, I think that he won during the weigh-ins. And what I mean by that is he came in 239 pounds, and, and I would have guessed looking at him on tape and being there on the sideline for a couple of UW games, I, I would have guessed 225 pounds dripping wet. And, and he's another one. He's got some kind of sneaky weight to him. He's He's thicker in his lower half, um, and that, of course, is some of the biggest muscles on the, on the human body. And I was just so impressed by, again, the size that he had and just the improved tackling that I saw this season from this, very much in contrast to what I was mentioning before along the offensive line and saying what a stellar class this year, this year has along the offensive line, this is not a very good year as far as traditional off-ball linebackers. And Eddie Lafoscio, to me, is one of those guys who um, has experience and production against the passing game, um, as well as the improved open field tackling that I think the teams are looking for. Yeah. Again, I see him as more of a middle-round prospect, perhaps even sneaking in to day three, fifth round or so. But still, a good player who I think has a chance to be an NFL starter in the future. Hey, Rob, before you go, Rob Rang, I know we're late, but you mentioned what kind of player Mike McDonald is looking for. Tell us more about that, about kind of what kind of talent, what kind of, uh, what kind of profile is he looking for? Just physicality, nastiness. Yeah. You know, I think uh, certainly length and speed, all those things matter. But, you know, anybody who watched the way the Seahawks got absolutely dismantled by the Baltimore Ravens this past season, I mean, to me, they looked like they were the best all-around team in all of the NFL. And I'm sure you've had a lot of other guys out there talking about uh, how good that Mike McDonald looked during the, the press conference and how good that his Ravens defense was this past season. Obviously, Michigan's defense two years ago as well. But to me, one of the things that I love about what Mike McDonald has always brought um, to his defensive units is, again, just a physicality. It's, it's going to be a, a return to the physicality that was the elite Seahawks teams that, that we all grew up watching and, and loving, and that, to me, is what I'm most excited about. I don't care what the hell Mike McDonald showed up at the press conference wearing and all that kind of stuff. I just know what he has shown on tape is the types of players that, again, are going to be physical and nasty. This is going to be the most physical team in the NFC West again, love and it. that's the recipe you need to get back to the Super Bowl. I love it. All right, Rob, great stuff, man. Appreciate the update, buddy, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks, Thank Rob. you, pal. Sounds great, guys. Thanks. Take care. All right, Rob Rang, you bet, man. I hate to kind of, you know, spout off on him about the Penix. Well, thing, it's okay. He's fabulous at what he does. He can be wrong on Penix. Well, but it's not even about that. It's that 
a lot of people think that too. Like injury. Yeah. Like what, the guy just started twenty eight games. He played hurt, which you have to do in the. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, my God. Oh, he, he did not. <laughs> he was nothing but a warrior for two seasons with yeah. this team. By the way, somebody just walked by here with a giant German pretzel. Smelled really good. We may have to get one of oh those, pal. Oh, my God. You want to split one with me? Yeah, Jackson, you're, oh, you're in the studio. <laughs> Sorry, apologize. 542, look at those sloppy seconds on the text line. Next on 93.3 KJRFM. This is your home for the Huskies, the Kraken, the NHL playoffs, and Super Bowl 58. Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Softy and Dick. All right, back here from the Central Bar and Restaurant in Bellevue. Big party next Super Sunday. Niners, Kansas City for the right to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. We're all pulling for uh, Kansas City, right? In that of course. Case. Okay, just making oh sure. Gosh. Just checking. Is anybody in this town not pulling for Kansas City? I don't know, but Is I got to tell you, man, I had to block Niner Nate. Really? And what when, did he say? When I mean block Niner Nate, I don't mean block him on t- Twitter. I mean, like, block him. Like, physically On my him. cell phone. Really? Yes. So, the last Seahawk Niner game, I hadn't heard from the guy in months, okay. if not maybe a year. And I can go back to my text. I think I still have it. I may have deleted the damn thing. Well, while you find it, I, I mean, I, serious question. is: Does anybody dislike in this town the Chiefs enough that it would trump their dislike of the Niners? I would really hope not. I would really my hope God. not. My God. What is wrong with you if that's the case? I don't have the text anymore. I got rid of it, but I blocked him on my phone because he sent me a text after. I think it was the first game against the Niners this year. He sent me a text, and I don't remember what it was. It was something like, hey, how do you like that, sucker, loser, stupid? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, that sounds like something Where you did that said. even come from? Like, sucker, have, loser, well, stupid. I, I haven't talked to you in a year. I think it's pretty clear he's still bitter over uh, making you or uh, making you making him call Grant Cohn when he didn't want to that one time. Yeah, that's true. Were you here for that? <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had Grant Cohn coming on the show, and Nate was producing the show. I don't know if you were here or not. Okay. Nate was producing, and I said, all right, we're having Grant Cohen on at 5, 5.30. He's like, I'm not calling him. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, I won't do it. I said, you're the producer. You have. He said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't think I was here for and that. And so I had to tell him, dude, if you don't call him, you're, like, fired. <laughs> call him. What the hell's wrong with you, man? So, yeah, he just sends me a random text out of the blue just busting my balls for nothing. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? duck, man. Screw you. So, no, I cannot stomach the idea of Niner Nate winning the damn Lombardi trophy. <laughs> well, I just still want it God. to be like a generation since the Niners won the that's Super Bowl. It's been 30 Bowl. years. This I mean, is, that's this, just, is this not the 30th yeah, year? it's just fabulous. Yeah, 30 years. I mean, that's incredible, man. Uh, it all takes right. effort to go 30 years. With, oh, I mean, look at the I Mariners. Know. I love it. It takes effort it. to go 30 years without a championship. How about some sloppy seconds on the uh, text line I there? I just like playing that clip on the air. So uh, a lot of people texting in, by the way, talking about the uh, Seahawks and their chances of winning in 2024. What year is this? 2024. And I just lost the damn text line, man. I'm sorry. Let me bring it back up here. Let me just give me a second. (laughs) You want me to help you out? I can get it. No, I got it. Talk talk amongst yourselves for a minute. So a um, lot of people, and I just noticed it was the same guy texting in like 15 times, oh, by okay. the way. So we had one listener today. This huh, guy wrote fabulous. in. He said, uh, let's see, the Seahawks have about as much a chance of going to the playoffs as Softy does riding a bike to Pullman. That's a that, blast though. from the past. So you did that. Well, I kind of did. So then the Seahawks have a 100% guess, chance of making the playoffs. Uh, let's see. Uh, the defense is crap. What are you guys talking about morons? 
says the defense is garbage and they have no shot to make the playoffs next year. Want to address that? Has, the defense has talented pieces. It's not complete by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. We need an interior defensive tackle. We need another pass rusher. Depending on what the deal is with Bobby Wagner, we may yeah. need another linebacker. Right. And we need one safety. Well, they might need a linebacker anyway because who knows about Jordan Brooks, right? And his future. Isn't he a free agent? Isn't yes. Jordan Brooks' contract up? So we need an edge rusher, interior lineman, linebacker. Do they need a safety next year? Are Diggs and Love both uh, under contract and, for Diggs next season? Love for under contract. Does Love want to light up any more cigars after they miss the playoffs? <laughs> oh, boy. You're uh, not going to let him forgive okay. that. forget that, are I mean, you? I think that they do have some good pieces, but I do think that they're a little far away from going where you want them to be. But at the same time, this Mike McDonald guy, he's like he's like Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. <laughs> yes, he is. Right? Just shove a big almond down your throat. <laughs> Covered in chocolate, and you wake up, and all of a sudden, boom, you got a top five defense. Exactly. That's what he does. They had two big time players on the Ravens defense. This was not the Ravens defense of Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis and Tony Saragusa. Right. All right. right. And he made them play like that defense yep. this year. Uh, 4 2 5. If the Seahawks go to the playoffs next year, there'll be a lot of firsts. It doesn't just doesn't happen. Youngest head coach, et cetera, not going to happen. Come on, we're in Seattle. Uh, let's whoa, whoa, whoa. See. What do you mean we're in Seattle? You mean the city that has had a playoff team for like nine of the last 12 years? That That's Seattle? Know. I don't know. I mean, they've done pretty well with their first-year head coaches. I mean, Mike Holmgren was there in his first year. Pete Carroll was there in his first year. Granted, they went 7-9 and nine and won a crappy division, but two of the last three Seahawks coaches have made the playoffs that's in right. their very first year. Thank you. And how many of them took over a team that won nine games the year before? None. None of them did. None of them did. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is on Penix. 206. He's, he's great until it's a championship game and he couldn't hit oh, multiple wow, wide open yeah. targets. He stunk more than a few times this year. This guy's talking about Michael Penix now. Well, he had some bad games. He did. No question. He did have some bad games. But in order to get in that championship game, he had to win a championship. Yeah. He had to win two two championships. He had to win a Pac-12 championship. That was a championship game. He had to win a Sugar Bowl championship. That was a championship game to get to the national championship game. And he was pretty damn good in both of those. I think he'll be a late first-round draft pick. That's my prediction. We should do a pin the tail on the Penix contest for where he goes in the draft. I think he'll be a late first-rounder. I got to look at the teams That's that are where picking. He I think he'll be a late first go. rounder. That's where yeah. he should go. I think he will because I, think, I would. I think between now and the draft, everything he does, Senior Bowl, Pro Day, be he's, awesome. he's going to kill it, right? Everywhere he goes, he's going to kill it because he'll get a chance to show his arm off. I want John Schneider to trade down twice and take him at 25. Okay, I like it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.